They always say time changes things, but you actually have to change them yourself. Welcome to AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks. And I'm your host, Ramia Amadhan. Nisreen Abdel-Majid is our technical producer for the show, and we're kicking it off with our quote of the week. This one is by Andy Warhol. The philosophy of Andy Warhol is the book that it comes from. And um, I kind of foresee the conversations to come on today's podcast, so I picked this one. Because, okay, fine, I'll let you in. We're going to have a sports conversation later on with our guest. And I'm very intrigued by these massive, monumental changes that are going on with sports. I want to say at the moment, but really it's been a long time coming. And the years and years and years of sports, conventional sports like MLB baseball, um, hockey, the NHL, these organizations just keeping things as they are, stagnant, rigid, and not wanting to make the changes that will obviously be forced upon them at some point. You know, lots of deeper-rooted issues going on, secrets and scandals and manipulative concepts that, until we get into them, uh, sometimes we're so unaware And not because we're unaware of these things being possibilities in sports, but it's because I think of it more as like an ignorance is bliss mindset where we don't want to shatter the illusion uh, and we don't want to make the changes because then what if we end up hating it? What if it ends up sucking? (laughs) And what if we're so disappointed by the outcomes of transparently talking about and communicating some of these things that are going on in sports. So that kind of collective fear, this coming from a non-sports person, by the way, take everything I say with a grain of salt, but that kind of fear of like, no, let's not let go of what we already know. Let's not make these changes um, because of what may happen, I think is so powerful And it's so collectively powerful that all of us can kind of turn away from the situation and the problems and say, uh, no, we're fine the way it is. Baseball is cool. It's great. We have it um, all figured out. And that's obviously not the case, as we'll find out soon. Um, Later on in this discussion, we're going to have on audiobook review. But in the meantime, this quote about change, um, about time makes change or people making change, I think sometimes it's hand in hand. Actually, most of the time it's hand in hand where the time is what pushes and prompts the change. It is one of the biggest catalysts of why the changes need to happen and how we need to make it happen. And then when the people get on board, it uh, eventually eventually ends up being this ripple effect of change. And the more we resist it, the harder the second shoe drops. Okay, that's my take of the day. Thank you for listening. We're going to move on and talk about the three featured titles on the CELA homepage. Find this at the Center for Equitable Library Access website by going to celalibrary.ca, C-E-L-A library.ca. And the three titles up there are Vera Wong's Unsolicited Advice for Murderers by Jesse Q. Sutanto, 
This is a Mysteries and Crime Stories, number two for featured titles, The Climate Book by Greta Thunberg, and this is about the environment. And finally, we have The White Lady by Jacqueline Winspire. This is a historical fiction. Lots of books up there. If you're not into these three featured titles, you can search for keywords. You can uh, look through their categories of organized content. And you can do all that by going to celalibrary.ca. Nisreen, you're stepping in because you have some book news for us to chat about. So AI has become an intriguing part of today's world. It has been dominating multiple industries lately, and it also became an, a cause of concern for some professions. We already know about AI and its effect on the book publishing industry. However, several audio narrators have recently complained about how AI is acting as a threat to their work. Its rise is impacting their career. According to Good E-Reader, full-time voice actor and narrator by profession, Tanya Ebby said her workload had been cut down by half in the past six months. So she's not alone in thinking this. She feels like a lot of people, a lot of people have been complaining about uh, having AI as a threat to their workplace and their workload. So hmm. what, how do you how do you feel about this? So obviously this is an argument with um, many sides and a coin with many sides because I don't think we're ever going to come to a consensus around this. Um, some people feel that, and I'm, I'm a little bit of a fence sitter on this too, by the way, because I love the content. I love the mass production aspect of it because that means more access to more books to more people, right? However, I do believe in this being very difficult because people love reading. People love narration. And it's a lot of it feels like passion project. It doesn't have to be. Obviously, not every narrator loves every book that they've ever read uh, for recording purposes. But it is something that uh, puts people in, in a position where they feel great, right? They feel great about the, the work that they do and they enjoy themselves and they're providing this fantastic service. And we all get along and get together um, through these audiobooks and, and such. So the narration aspect of it, I think, is going to be difficult. If AI takes over all narration, then people are going to be upset. I'll be upset. Even if I know that it's good quality. It's good quality, but also, like, I understand where these readers are coming from. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, if I get taken over by AI and my job is being taken over by AI, then what do I have left? And I feel like that's what a lot of people feel as of this moment when AI yeah. is building up. I mean, AI is everywhere from medical industries to business industries to wherever it may be, AI is being used a lot lately and it's very popular. And I think when it comes to readers and and the book industry, that's where a lot of people feel more threatened because that's that's their mm -hmm. job. I mean, they're reading a book. That's it's, it's a, a human, human job, job, right? And yeah. the fact that it can easily be manipulated, not manipulated, but it can easily be used by AI and they can manipulate the voice to make it sound like human, to make it sound like human voices. That's where 
that's where a lot of people feel like, uh, where, where do I stand? Where's my job? Where's my career? I studied for what? <laughs> so I for sure understand where these people are coming from and they're complaining about because at this point, okay, five years from now, 10 years from now, where does my career stand? Yeah, and that's a fair point. You know, you build up to this huge identity uh, and and work, and then you're not able to continue that simply because this uh, AI has taken over. So where does your future lie, right? And that's a f- seriously fair question. And then also I think about the, uh, as you mentioned, like the human aspect of it, where storytelling is one of the most beautifully human things that we all do and that we can all connect to each other by. Uh, You know, listening to stories, telling stories, sharing the storytelling is some just deep emotional core part of us. And I think if AI is taking over not just the narration, but the writing, the producing, the sharing of like if AI takes over storytelling as a philosophy, then where do we where do we stay? Like what are we what are we sharing? Are we sharing just AI now? And that to me is scarier than just AI narration. I'm so glad you brought up the writing part because I don't know how that would work. I mean, I feel like where the writing aspect of it would it twist in a whole different way. I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah, of course. It's, it's very questionable when it comes to that. It would. And where do we stand? Like what roles will What's people left? play? Exactly. What's left for us as humans in our yeah. industry? Mm-hmm. So, um that's a Ooh. big concern for a lot of us and I understand. Yeah. No, it's scary to think about. It's scary to think about from even where we stand now. Of like course. Where, how far AI has come currently. In June of 2023. We're it's in like, the okay. broadcasting industry. Yeah. I mean, what happens now? What happens in five and ten years? You, you never know. Yeah, our voices are being replicated already. Well, I always appreciate uh, the DJ AI, DJ X on Spotify. But anyways, it has nothing to do with anything. I just thought of him. I'm like, oh, the one AI I appreciate. Ness, thank you. Thank you. We will continue our conversation, uh, and not about AI necessarily, but about broadcasting a little bit when we get into sports and some tell-all situations in MLB baseball on AMI Audiobook Review. listening to AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks, and we're checking in with an avid audiobook listener. We like to open up the space to review, discuss, recommend, browse, conceptualize, and reminisce on audiobooks, and we love to get in new people to chat books with. Let's welcome Ali Musa, first time on the show. He's the host of the podcast, all over the map, which you can find on your favorite podcast platform, an avid listener of AMI Audio and joining us from Cambridge, Ontario. Welcome to the show, Ali. Rami, it's a pleasure to join you. Big fan of your work. Thank you very much. And your podcast is running strong. Tell us a little bit about it. Give us some context. Well, we cover our favorite sports teams, sports media, and the world of broadcasting. 
Very nice. You want to give us some uh, examples of guests you've had on or things that you've talked about? Because yeah. how many episodes are you in now? About 58. Okay. We've had uh, uh, Brock Richardson on. We've had Cam Jenkins on. Our guys from the neutral zone. Yes. Shout we've out. Had, and many more. Many, many more mm-hmm. we've had on. Mm-hmm. And you say everything, like sports, broadcasting, uh, what does that entail for you? Because this is kind of a passion project. These are things you're already very much into, which is why we love podcasts. Well, I like to focus on the sport. Like, I like to cover the teams, and I like to cover the sports media side, as well as general broadcasting, too. Like, just cover, like, you know, what's going on in the industry, what has gone on, and what has, what need, maybe even we even get into what needs to change. I think that's cool. I think that's you've kind of brought two things together that people could be very, very much interested in. And it it gives you like a broad scope of what you can discuss on the show and the kinds of people you can bring on. Um, You're into all conventional sports. Do you have uh, something that you follow more than others? Well, I'll be I'm 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 a Leaf fan, a Raptors fan, Mm -hmm. a Jays fan, a Kitchener Rangers fan. And uh, a Tiger Cats fan and an Argos fan too. Okay, okay. Well, a lot of um, Ontario representation, and and did I mention I'm a Jays fan too? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Speaking of Jays, okay, yeah. Let's make that the transition. You have a recommendation for us: um, a recent release of a book, and it is in this realm of conversation around sports and broadcasting. So tell us what it is. Winning Fixes Everything by Evan Drellick. And how baseball's greatest minds created sports' biggest mess. Mm. Intriguing title. So this is a, a reporter who wrote this book, uh, Evan Drellick. Yeah, he's he works for The Athletic. Apparently. Mm-hmm. And what is he... It's kind of a tell-all, uh, but what is he talking about? Well, he's talking about basically the Astro... How what the Astros did... Um, to cheat and how they cheated to win the World Series in 2017. Mm-hmm. And when we say cheating, um, the specific... Sign stealing. The sign stealing. And what's interesting is this uh, reporter, Drellick, was the person who, one of the people, one of the significant people to drill into that scandal to begin with. But in this book, he's expanding a lot more on the situation and how that uh, plays into baseball overall as a cultural phenomenon, as, you know, big sports. Yeah. So why did you pick it up? Because it was mentioned on, I was listening one time to uh, MLB Network Radio and Power Alley. And um, and Mike Farron and uh, Jim Duquette were talking about the book. We're talking about that the book is going to be released. And then we said, okay. And I said uh, to myself, all right, let's pick it up. I'm going to put the pre-order on Audible. Your uh, candid thoughts after having read it. Was it worth your read? Uh, I totally, totally enjoyed it. Because I like that he got into such honest Mm -hmm. reporting. Now, honest reporting can be kind of scary. Um I think of like people being on the defense with books like this sometimes because they're not ready for the kind of information 
story perspective that they're about mm-hmm. to get into. What was your mindset going into it? Did you have curiosity or were you, did you have some walls around, you know, this precious sacred sport that is baseball? Well, I just wanted to read the content of it. So I was just going into it. Okay, I'm going to see what it's about. And after reading, after you put it down? Oh, I loved it. I liked the honesty. I'm curious if everyone would have the same kind of, because, you know, uh, we have a lot of traditionalists in sports that have been around forever. And so when we start talking about the changes in a sport like baseball, um, not everyone's going to be on board with that. And obviously we can just think of the recent rule changes in baseball. Yeah, the uh-huh. pitch clock. Yeah. yeah, being one of the significant ones. What are your thoughts on that? I'm okay with the pitch clock. Not too much to um, fight? No. On that? Okay. Now, when you uh, picked up this book, were you aware of the sign-stealing scandal with the Astros? And Briefly, yeah? yes. Okay. But not like as a a big phenomenon that you were really excited to get into? No, I didn't pay much attention okay. to <laughs> Well, clearly it's made a big difference in um, baseball altogether. First of all, it was 2017, but there was yes. news leading up to it, uh, news after it, and, and now this bigger conversation around baseball because of everything else. I was actually really interested reading through some of the implications, you know, of... of um, using technology to steal signs, which is not allowed, that's illegal, uh, but the appropriate way to steal signs to begin with. I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah. Is this something that um, is talked about a lot as fans of sports? I don't know about that. I don't, I don't think it is. Hmm. So it's not necessarily something that's a, you know, after a post-game conversation. No. So what did you think about the tone of the book? Uh, when Drellick is going to decide to write something like this, did he do it well? I know you already talked about the honesty, but what else did he offer? He did. He did, in my okay. opinion. What else did he offer, in your opinion, that um, made it more digestible for people? Just he breaks it down into simplest terms, the baseball, how the business works. Okay. And how about the personal aspect of it? Did he get into himself? Yeah, he did. He got into himself about the, really what happened to him, that how they didn't like his reporting and he was fired and this and that sort of thing. I think that when you're a broadcaster, you got to go through it, right? Oh, Yeah. And, and journalists especially, because they're getting into the nitty-gritty of, and you're not going to be friends with everyone. Um, that's actually the opposite. No. Right. So what didn't they like, or what, for you to continue on that thread? Well, they didn't like that. They they didn't want that kind of honesty to be reported. That was the thing. Okay. And yet he continued anyways. Yes. Okay. And, somebody picked it up, though. Like, somebody... The athletic eventually picked him up. Right. So he struggled in terms of finding um, work? Yes, he did. He did. He was working for a radio station and then he... After this yeah. reporting on the scandal? Oh. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the times, and I'm not sure if you've read any other similar books, have you? The the kind of like sports um, 
tell-alls or memoirs from athletes, etc.? No. Uh, some, yes, I have, I have. Mm-hmm. And were there any other books that you could compare this one to? No, this was the most honest from a journalistic standpoint, too. Really? Okay. Were there any other sports that you would have picked up a book like this about, like hockey or basketball? Yeah, or... I started reading Burke's Law by Brian Burke, actually. Oh, my. Yeah, that was an, also an interesting book. I, I couldn't get through it, though. Oh. <laughs> All right, well, it's, his narration wasn't my favorite, but... Um, because it was narrated by Brian Burke. But I'd say the way that he made it a story, because it was really about him, right? And and about what he went through with hockey, about what his kids are going through with hockey, et cetera, et cetera. So it was very, like, anecdotal. And I think yeah. I appreciated that as a non-hockey person. Um, For you, what did you find difficult with that book? The language. Uh huh. Like understanding and the violence. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Is that something that you use to determine whether you like watching a certain sport? Also, like how no, it's explained? no, just when it comes to reading the books, mm. because there are certain things I don't like when it comes to reading certain types of language, certain type I don't like. Other than uh, Burke's Law. Sports memoirs, sports conversation in books. This would be one of the few that Correct. you picked up. Okay. Correct. Interesting. Were there any other books that you've read recently? Uh, that one, uh, not read prior to. I think so. I I can't remember which ones now. Yeah, that's all right. I mean, with the sports um book like this one, I think there's a lot to get into, right? Because a uh, in this book, the um, winning fixes everything. There's the aspect of what he, Drellick, as a journalist, went through. And then there's the aspect of what the team had put themselves into, right? The position that the team's in. Yes. By the way, do you know or can you explain what this team is going through right now? Is that something you have the capacity to do? Well, I think right now they've made a, they've made some successful stuff for themselves. They've got okay. the good players, and they won a World Series in 2022 again. Mm. Which is quite interesting, right? Like, even them having to come back from this reputation. Is it all new people? Are there still uh, faces and players who are who were part of the 2017 scandal? Yeah, some of the players are still. Okay. And how does that sit with you? I'm okay with it. No real um, redemption. No, no, needed. I'm okay with it. Okay, I like I like Bregman and some of the ones they've got. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when we're talking about management, not just for the team but for the sport, it's a dark period. So, do you think that it'll continue to be a dark period in baseball? There is there a lot of recovery from this because this scandal was huge. I don't. You know what? I think people have forgiven them and forgotten about it. Really. Not all people, though. No. No. <laughs> Not all people. But I guess, overall, um, baseball will survive. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Hey, it's been a great discussion today. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Ellie, thank you so much for joining us, and hopefully we can get you back on the show. I, anytime you want me, I'll come back.
Okay, sounds good. And of course, I'm looking forward to being on your show too because that's going to happen sometime soon. All right. Thank you. Me too. No problem. We were speaking with Ali Musa from all over the map. That's a podcast that you can check out on your favorite podcast platform. And uh, we like to check in with an avid audiobook listener, well, at least once a month, along with our contributors. Thanks for joining us here on AMI Audiobook Review. The book that we discussed today is Winning Fixes Everything, How Baseball's Brightest Minds Created Sports' Biggest Mess by Evan Drellick. It was released in 2023. It's available on the Center for Equitable Library Access and on Audible and other audiobook platforms. I'm your host, Ramia Amadin, with technical producer Nisreen Abdel-Majid for AMI Audiobook Review. And until the next episode, happy audiobook listening. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.